0: Block Talk Radio By
1: It <laughs> Welcome to Rex Sykes' Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera. And I'll provide you with guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. I hope you're having a happy day. And uh, I want to welcome everybody who's listening in right now and say thank you for being here and thank you for joining us in the chat room, which is now open. So if you're listening and you haven't joined the chat room, uh, go ahead and do so. We're, we're waiting for you there. And uh, look forward to your arrival. Uh, If you're listening live right now, uh, go ahead, make us a friend, make us a favorite, follow us right from where you're listening, right from that player. There's a little heart button, there's buttons there. Go ahead and do that. That way uh, you'll be updated as the new shows arrive. Also, you can subscribe to the official Rex Sykes Movie Beat website at rexsikes.com. That's my name. I'm your host. And if you go there and subscribe, you'll always be updated to changes in articles, cast and crew listing, upcoming events, and these interviews uh, and they're listed and archived and stored there for your listening pleasure anytime 24-7. Uh, there are links within the bio page to listen live from or to listen archived. And, uh, as well, these are all stored as podcasts at iTunes. Uh, so you can go to the iTunes store and, uh, and for free. Get all of these available, downloaded to your favorite electronic device. My guest today is Mr. Mitch Apley. He is the executive producer of Resolution Digital Studios in Chicago. He's a filmmaker. He's a director. Uh, he's a commercial uh, filmmaker director as well, and we're going to talk to him in just a few moments, but I've got a, a couple of things that I want to point out. Um, If you're listening to us live right now and you can hear my voice, please go ahead, uh, pick up the phone, get on your computer, email somebody, tweet right now to a friend, or get on Facebook or MySpace and ask them to join us and to listen with you live, or look across the room and go, hey, come on over here and listen to this, Uh, because I want you to help us uh, spread our reach and our, 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 our arms and our hands out to others who may not yet know about the show, because... Movie Beat is really a resource for you, and it's designed that way so that I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. The cool thing is, is that the professionals are, who have been on the show are connecting up with others. Straw Weissman, for example, said, uh, hey, you know, if you've got a movie that needs distribution or you need uh, partial funding or you've got some attachments, contact me. And uh, in his show, he gives out contact information because he's a distributor and a producer, and he's looking for new projects. So if you get got a project, send it his way. You know, Or contact him and see if he's interested. Uh, people are doing deals. They're working together. Directors are meeting writers, and producers are meeting actors and, and casting directors and stuff like that. So this has become a community, and, a, and I want you to help me reach out and uh, help us connect up with others who may or may not uh, be aware of the show yet. My listeners are A-list, uh, seasoned professionals all the way to newbies, people just starting out and picking up their first camera or, or doing their first film as well as fans all over the world, I see Vicky from Greece is here, and Little Hermy and and uh, Animal Rain are in the chat room, or some of the people who uh, uh, are listening in. So please join us and uh, and help us reach others. Um, during the show, feel free; uh, it's, it always helps too to tweet comments that my guest or I make that are important points that you can uh, share with others while listening to the show. That entices them to listen in as well, and. Uh, I'm going to now introduce my guest. I'm excited to have him here. Mitch Apley is the executive producer for Chicago-paced Resolution Digital Studios. Uh, he's uh, Under his watch, Resolution has seen the production of many different kinds of uh, productions, including a live broadcast of Top Chef Miami sports programming produced by Intersport for Fox, ESPN, and ABC, to feature films such as The Strip and Osobuco, music videos for Snoop Dogg and Janice, Spot, and Webb working for Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Spot and Webb working for Kellogg-Frosted Flames, just to name a few. Anyway, Resolution is currently uh, in the process of, of, of releasing, uh, they've finished production, uh, a comedy-horror film uh, starring Mike Braditch, Jan uh, Flamboy, and uh, Robert England is in the movie. It's called The Mole Man of Belmont Avenue. And Mitch is in post-production for a short film which he wrote and directed called Lighter Lightness. Um, He's also the winner of the 48-Hour Film Challenge in the Chicago area, and he's a commercial director, and they all work very hard. I'm going to bring Mitch on so he can tell us more about uh, him, himself and his career. Hello there, Rex. Hey there, man. How you doing?
0: Great. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Oh, so glad that you're here. Uh, how is it in Chicago today?
0: Oh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful day, right? It's always a beautiful day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, actually, the weather here has been very pleasant. It's uh, you know, we're into fall. It's a little cooler. Uh, right. My children put on hoodies, you know, to go out. Uh, it's not like Los Angeles where it's 115, 16 degrees. So yeah, my brothers in LA, they're dying. <laughs> uh, and I miss it. I love it. I go, you know, I would be at the beach with the millions of other people who are sitting there trying to get cool. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> well, let's let's talk a little bit first about resolution, digital studios, and and find out about. Uh, your role there and and what is um uh and and, and what the uh, not only the duties are but then responsibilities but also what what the uh the, the company is involved with.
0: Sure. Um so Resolution Digital Studios uh is the product of a couple of brothers, Jeff and Lee Facklus. Um, they had a company have a company still called Show Department that has been around for twenty seven years. They do live event, experiential, uh, events, experiential uh, events, corporate meetings um, all over the world. They're a very successful company. And about, I don't know, six or seven years ago, they decided to create a uh, production company that would help service their existing uh, event business, but also uh, would have additional capabilities. Um, so they built a 32,000 square foot facility, uh, which is where you know we work out of. It has live broadcast capabilities it's got a control room you know it has three production spaces our main stage is about you know just under six thousand square feet in size uh it has you know full audio graphics and editorial post capabilities as well as you know just about anything you would need to make uh, film or video so i i came in after this giant thing was already built um when I when I came in and did my first tour, R. Kelly was actually filming his first "Trapped in the Closet" music video here. So there was a dwarf with a shotgun, and there was <laughs> just weird stuff all over the place. But when you walk around, like just the potential of this production facility was—it seemed limitless. And so I came in and uh, kind of set up shop here, and had been, you know, largely responsible for making. Uh, the production company, uh, profitable and, you know, getting work through the doors. Uh, I helped staff up uh, and I helped with some of the general managing, you know, uh, duties of what's going on here. But I work very closely with Jeff and Lee. The, the VP of operations here is Larry Willow. He's one of these genius guys who kind of makes everything work. Like, Mm -hmm. he's he's building an airplane in his garage as his hobby. Like, that's the kind of guy he is. Um, And he he has a broadcast background. He's built trucks and all kinds of stuff. You know, yesterday, uh, Obama was speaking in Madison, um, and Larry and his broadcast team were out there uh, covering that and making the the live webcast work. So we do a variety of different things here. The the broadcast side... uh, you know, we do webcasts and live broadcast stuff. You mentioned, you know, we broadcast a live episode of Top Chef uh, out of here. The Miami finale was done uh, out of here. We had Padma and the whole gang, um, you know, here. <laughs> uh, we also do, you know, single-camera production-style work. We do corporate videos. We do commercial productions. Um, so part of what I like about this place is it has such a broad uh, a broad capabilities list that we actually get to work with a number of different styles of production and you know get to meet a bunch of different types of people. And, and you learn so much from being able to cross-pollinate your knowledge from one area of production to another. Um, it really makes for an interesting work environment.
1: That's very cool. That is, that is very cool. Um, now, how do you how did you fit that in with everything else that you're doing i mean you you uh, just finished uh, uh you're, you've, you've completed in there releasing you know getting your film out the moment of of Belmont Avenue um how do you fit all that in i mean what what uh, is is uh the movie part of the studio or you make it at the studio or, or how does yeah,
0: yeah the movie's definitely um uh, part of what we do here at the studio i mean um from the very beginning uh, we've all kind of talked about wanting to create or get involved with uh, projects, you know, content. And uh, about a year and a half ago, John Flamboy and Mike Bradditch um, sent us this script for this film called The Mole Man of Belmont Avenue and wondered if, you know, we wanted to participate in any way to get it done. You know, there are a couple of guys who are successful, you know, actors and actors. Uh, John the is involved with all the haunted houses. He runs the Statesville haunted house. He runs Navy Fear uh, at, at Navy Pier. He's actually an internationally renowned uh, haunted house guy, which is a huge industry. I had no idea, but it's you know haunted houses are big business, especially this time of year. Um, but you know, because he runs a haunted house, he has access to you know actors and makeup artists and the notion of building a mall man is pretty straightforward for him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, they had all these elements in place, and they had Tim Kazerinsky attached, and they were at that time still talking to Robert England. You know, they had uh, T.J. Jagadowski and Dave Pesquazi and a bunch of, you know, really solid Chicago, you know, Midwest talent mm-hmm. uh, already attached to the piece. So, you know, all of the right elements were there. They just needed some help uh, getting it done. So you know we looked it over we crafted a co-production agreement and we lent our support to getting the movie done we we gave technical support and equipment you know the camera uh, all of that stuff was ours during production and we've you know been involved in helping them finish it up mike mike and john wrote produced directed and acted <laughs> in this film and mike actually took a crack at editing it as well Um, my editor, Dustin Foster, finished up the edit, you know, my sound guy, Brian Hensley, you know, leaded up the sound design for the film, Liz Zilke did a bunch of graphics and special effects for the film, so we, we basically, you know, have been with them from the very beginning, but, you know, we finished up the movie, uh, had a special advance screening, uh, August 28th at the Music Box Theater, it was mostly friends and family, but, you know, it was a hit, everybody seemed to like it, so... Yeah, we just kind of work it into the normal course of business. It becomes an investment opportunity for us, but, you know, it's what we do. So we just work it into the schedule and make it happen.
1: Oh, very cool. Now, I should point out uh, in some of the information that I have that the – you know, Resolution Digital Studios. You guys made the film in conjunction with Big Tree Productions and Zombie Army Productions. Right, that's
0: ones. correct. That's and right. that's that's basically John and Mike, and then uh, is Big Tree and, and Zombie Army is uh, the group that that uh, John does all the Haunted House stuff through. They're a really fun group of people. I don't know if you've ever hung out with Zombie people, but uh-huh. they are a blast. <laughs>
1: It's so amazing. Fun. They have zombie crawls and zombie stuff that that happens, uh, you know. And, and uh, I'm gonna, I want to ask you about the movie in a second. But in the chat room, we posted some links. Um, one uh, is way too uh, long for me to, <laughs> to say on the air, but the other one is MoManMovie.com, right? And, uh, and so people can check check that out. Um, and uh, but uh, so so Mole Man, you know, and zombies. Uh, you said they could make the Mole Man. Is Mole Man uh, special effects uh, crafted? What what kind of? Um, I think it's playing in the background. What uh, what what is Mole Man? I mean, what is, what are we talking about? Mole
0: the the Mole Man is a, is a half man half mole, and uh-huh. they used uh, latex and prosthetic makeup to create this thing. And he's an ugly sucker. I mean, I don't know (laughs) if you've ever seen a a six-and-a-half-foot-tall mole before, but it is definitely a terrifying sight. But, you know, they have uh, really, really top-quality effects makeup artists uh, are are involved in this film, and when you see this mole man, you know, it's real. I mean, we've maybe tweaked his eyes a little bit to glow slightly in post, but for the most part, what you're seeing was actually there.
1: Wow, well very cool. And again, it 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 start it has uh, uh Robert England in it and Tim Katserynski. That's can right. see their photos. And and how did how did they secure uh those guys? Could you give us a little bit do you can do you have any way you can give us a little information on that because there are other filmmakers who you know go, you know, I'd like to get somebody in my film. How do I go about doing that?
0: Sure. Well, I mean as far as, you know, Tim goes, Tim's a pretty accessible guy, you know, he's He's done a lot of stuff. He was writing for Second City, but he was also heavily involved in the advertising community here. He worked at Leo Burnett for a number of years. Um, and, you know, through various different channels, they got him the script, and he read it and liked it and said, yeah, sure, I'll be I'll, I'll be in. Um, you know, and they basically paid him, um, you know, SAG minimums to be in the film, but... You know, Tim's one of these guys that he likes supporting Chicago film, you know, local filmmakers. And uh, the role that he got was great. They basically, he he plays a homeless guy that these two brothers use for bait to try to trap the mole man. It's, it's a really <laughs> tragic character, but, you know, Tim does a great job with it. Um, and as far as Robert England, he, at the time that they were going to be in production, which was last summer... He was actually already in the area because they were um, oh, yeah, re- remaking Nightmare uh, up on the north, you know, the north shore here. And you know, really, that, that was they. They contacted his agent. You know, they gave him the script. They said, you know, you're going to be in town anyway. We'd like you to play one of the tenants of this thing. Would you be interested? And you know, once again, he read the script, liked it. You know, they agreed to a fee, which was not you know outlandish at all um and you know if, if the movie is a success it's it's good for these guys to to be involved and so yeah i mean robert was it was just simply a matter of asking and sometimes it takes a little bit of courage to do it i know that john and mike were really nervous about the whole thing but you know if you have a good solid script and and somebody has a role that they think they can play in then there's no reason for them to say no
1: good point excellent point um and now how about financing i, I mean uh, do, does the company or your your duty as executive producer extend to helping locate some funds or if so how do you do it because i've got a question in the chat room i want to ask you it's a follow-up in just a minute but uh um can you address that well i can
0: have? i can say that financing right now in this environment is extraordinarily difficult um money's just not cheap at at all anymore. <laughs> banks uh-huh. aren't banks aren't lending and you know hedge funds have dried up and so a lot of the avenues that were available you know 5 years ago just aren't there anymore. Uh the thing about a horror comedy film is that it's relatively inexpensive. I mean the, the whole budget you know even with our contribution on top of it is still well below $300,000 uh-huh. uh, which is still a lot of money, you know, but Right you know from you know Mike and John really believed in the film you know they talked with friends and family you know John I believe used a little bit of resources from his haunted house business but you know these guys basically came up with you know about half of the the money so that they could pay crew and they could get you know the production done and then we came in uh Basically, as investors, you know, financing the the post production because, you know, while we have real costs associated with everything we do, uh, we have a lot of these capabilities in house, and we're able to, you know, on occasion, uh, extend that to, you know, in in the form of an investment. It's not something sure. we do very often, <laughs> I'll be honest.
1: Right, right. right. <laughs> you. Uh,
0: because you can go out of business making movies, uh, if, you know, if you're not billing hours. But right, this. This felt like, and it still it feels like it's gonna sell. I mean, and, and with the overall cost being so low, you know, the highest cost on this thing is it's gonna be the marketing budget, right? You know, getting it out there. But
1: right. um, those are and cost. it typically is. I mean, it it, it you know, I mean, the formula that I used to hear living in Hollywood back, even you know, as, as of the '70s, that you would multiply whatever your regular budget was, your production post-production budget by three times for the marketing. That sure. was the studio, you know. So, I mean, I, you know, I suspect that nothing has changed, you know. <laughs> it yeah. Just makes it more and more and more expensive to get your, it, although we have other avenues for getting word out, um, marketing still costs money.
0: Yeah, if you want it to be effective, it really does. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, the question in the chat room uh, was, uh, what do you think of crowdfunding, and have you ever done it, or would you ever use it?
0: I would absolutely. I think crowd financing is one of the best notions out there. Um, There's a website called Kickstarter that is primarily designed for smaller projects. Mm -hmm. You know, you need two or three grand to get your iPhone app off the ground, or something like that, or you have an art project that you want to finish. Um, What I like about Kickstarter is, you know, you get people to uh, kick in five, ten, you know, fifty, hundred, two hundred and fifty bucks. And you reward them uh you know, but nobody pays anything unless the actual uh target price is met so right. you know in that sense, you're sort of competing against the rest of the world uh for your idea uh to get done, but if enough people buy into it, then it's gonna happen uh so it's a really interesting way to to go about it um I think you know some of the films that I've heard about uh with larger budgets $100,000, two hundred thousand dollar films that have been crowd financed um it can work, I think it's pretty rare that you can raise that much money through crowd financing, especially if you're kind of an unknown uh, in the marketplace. but you know it's a way to get money and it's a way to spread out um, ownership of the film you know what what I think is really beautiful about it is if you do get enough people contributing, you know there's a pretty powerful marketing engine built into that. Because if I'm putting 50 bucks into somebody's film, I care what happens to that movie, and I'm going to tell all my friends and family about it. So, you know, there's different models out there. Like I said, I think Kickstarter is probably the most uh, elegant right now. Uh Uh, But, I I mean, it's certainly something that if, you know, you have an idea and you want to get it made and you have exhausted all of the possibilities uh, or even along with other you know financing options i think it's certainly worth pursuing
1: yeah you know it it leads me to 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 postulate however that as with all things there's a you know noise to signal ratio and as kickstarter and indiegogo are in their infancy you know a lot of people jump on and and they're the people who are doing it kind of the pioneers and so uh, you know, it hasn't it hasn't reached saturation yet, and so the the you know I, I think part of the key in sustaining it is going to be to continue to offer really incredible things and have really incredible product because pretty soon, you know, instead of having say, and I don't know what the actual numbers are, but instead of say having 50 Kickstarter campaigns, you'll have five 50,000 Kickstarter campaigns, and and you know you'll you'll be trying to compete to to you know grab an audience, and so. It is for the filmmaker a, a fantastic opportunity and also an opportunity to really, really do a well-crafted campaign. Yeah. So that you stand out. So you know, in other words, so that you can attract people to your campaign.
0: Right. You need some hits. You need. You need. <laughs> you need <laughs> right. some hooks to get people to to really care about it, and and you need to get people excited about, you know, what the end product is going to be. Um, but isn't that true of all art? Like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, that is true of all art. You're, you know, well, a point well taken. Um, you, you, so this is very cool, and there, I, I want to welcome a couple. I, I'll just say welcome the people I, I I know. There are there are people in our in our chat room that just show up as guests. I have no idea who they are, but I want to say hi to Vampire Mob and Jake Settler, and Movie Angel. I've said hi to Vicky and Grease, and Little Hermie, and Gaffer Girls. Hello, and Debolis is here. And, an animal rain. so those are some of the people give a shout out to them and and uh, if you're in the chat room go ahead and find out their twitter names and and follow each other on twitter uh, cuz that's another way to uh to spread it around um and uh can I give out your twitter address Do you, uh,
0: you uh yeah we we're uh, uh at resolution ds
1: resolution ds um and again mole I got to go back it's MoleManTheMovie.com? the
0: yeah it's molemanmovie.
1: movie MoManMovie, MoManMovie.com. All right. Awesome, awesome. I, I, you know what? We're almost at that halfway point. Let me do this. Let me take this brief uh, station identification thing and let people know about uh, the guests that are coming up and all that, and then come back and we'll talk uninterrupted, okay? Okay. Awesome. Uh, You're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official website is rexsikes.com. Again, please, uh, if you're listening live or even archived, go ahead, make us a friend, make us a favorite, follow us, leave comments where you're listening. uh, For the podcast, you can rate and review the shows. And always, as always, I ask you to reach out, invite others to listen, share, spread the news. Even afterwards when uh, when the podcast, when these interviews are over, uh, go ahead, tweet about them, Facebook, MySpace, email, phone calls. Uh, as a way of getting the word out. My guests coming up are going to be today. I have another guest, as a matter of fact, later at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Central, and 3 p.m. Pacific. And let's see, he's in Hawaii, so Hawaiian time, I think that makes it noon. I don't know about the rest of the world. Is Douglas Dave Stewart. He's a screenwriter, a director of uh, movies, um, notably he wrote uh, Officer and a Gentleman, Boy in a Plastic Bubble Blue Lagoon, directed Thief of Hearts which he wrote and uh, he's coming up, he's got a special guest with him they're going to talk about screenwriting and and the tutorial, what it's like to become a screenwriter and what you need to know Uh, so he's next after that, Daryl Morey is my co-star in Massacre at Central High it's a cult film a lot of people want to know about we're going to chat, Massacre at Central High that's uh, October 1st live uh, so you can join us then um, Christopher Lockhart will be returning. He's the story editor from William Morris Endeavor. The Film Courage crew, uh, crew, David and Karen will be here after that. Actor Eduardo Ballerini from uh, Boardwalk Empire uh, will be jo- joining us. Rick Overton from... Uh, Dinner with Schmucks, actor, comedian, will, will uh, join us as well. Diane Nabatoff is the producer uh, of many, many feature films. She's going to be uh, coming up. And uh, as always, I encourage you to listen not only to the to live shows today, but go back and listen to all the great shows from the past. Uh, you know, we do a number of shows each week, and have fabulous guests. We've got movies on directing and producing and screenwriting and script supervision and financing and crowdfunding and casting and from actors and celebrities. Uh, so be sure to go back and uh, listen to all of the incredible interviews uh, that make up Rex Sykes Movie Beat. And uh, I thank you for being here. And right now, back to Mr. Mitch Apley. Mitch, uh, you recently won uh, the 48-Hour Film Project in Chicago, and uh, I got to see the film. It's on Vimeo, and and, uh, we'll put the link up on uh, the chat room, and uh, people can tweet it or spread it if you you like. And... uh, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. Can you tell us about the 48-hour film challenge that you were involved with?
0: Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we only have 48 hours, so That's true. You, have, you have to forgive it a little bit. But
1: uh, yeah, well, I left the one woman character too, the boss. I, I thought I thought, <laughs> I thought she was really. Uh, I, I thought the treatment of this person in there was 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 uh, delightfully done.
0: Yeah, she's really talented. That's Dina uh, you know, Fackel. She's actually. Uh, sister to the owners here. Um, oh, okay. Um, very talented writer and director and actor. Um, yeah. So the 48-hour film project um, has been uh, something we've done for the past three years. Uh, our our group is called Aisle 12. It's it's uh, comprised of a bunch of people from the studio here, but also uh, we work with other people, you know, outside the studio. Uh, actually had a. Client in there (laughs) this time, and some you know friends and uh, acquaintances from around the industry. Um, And it's you know for anybody who doesn't know what it is, the forty-eight hour film project is this national competition uh, that happens in ninety cities around the world, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. And the rule is, the whole gag is, is that you get your group together, and on Friday night. Uh, whenever the weekend of the competition is, you everybody is given uh, an object, a line of dialogue, and a character uh, that they must incorporate into the film, and then everybody draws a genre out of a hat. Um, so it could be a western or a musical, it could be a buddy film, could be a film noir. You know, this year we happened to pull fantasy. Um, and then it, you have literally 48 hours from that time, seven o'clock Friday night, you know, to write, shoot, uh, and finish a film that has to be between four and seven minutes long. Cannot be more than seven minutes. Um, you do get one additional minute for credits if you need that, uh, which we always do somehow. We we seem to shoot longer films than <laughs> than you can fit in that time period, but. So, uh, this year, the object was a mug. Uh, The line of dialogue was, I'm sure you're mistaken. And the character was a sales clerk, uh, either Duncan or Denise uh, Carey. And, you know, so we got fantasy. So, how do you make a fantasy about a mug? (laughs) Uh We just, uh, that was a tricky thing. So, we had probably about a dozen people sitting in a room on Friday night as, as we got our Criteria, and started brainstorming and brainstorm for you know an hour, hour and a half. Um, It it gets to be too much after a while. You you end up with all these great ideas, and at a certain point, um, we sent everybody home, but Dina and myself, and we kind of, you know, crafted the. We took the best ideas and crafted a story. And the the trick is, is, whatever you come up with Friday night that's what you have to make. If you try to go backwards at any point during this competition, you'll lose momentum and the whole thing falls apart. Uh we've had problems with that in the past where <laughs> you know 2 years ago we actually won an award for best writing, but the film was difficult. It was hard, you know, we had technical challenges and all that stuff, and part of it was because there was some waffling uh that happened on Saturday. So anyway, Friday night you get your story and then Saturday uh you do your production. Uh, we actually had eight different locations. Most of them were, you know, pretty close together, but it was a fairly ambitious day. Uh, we started out actually in my house on the north side of Chicago, and we ended up, you know, down here by the studio and neighborhoods and office buildings and stuff. Um, editing happened all night Saturday night. Uh, the editor was here all night. I was here with him, trying not to sleep too much, and then uh, and some graphics were happening saturday night and then you know sound design and final color correction and you know laying in the musical score and all that stuff happens uh, sunday and this year we were actually comfortably finished we walked in at 6:30 and handed in our packet of information and the film and walked out of there and there out of 59 films uh there were 59 teams in chicago this year i think all but about 20 of them made the deadline um so it was. It's definitely a rough weekend. Like it's. There's definitely a danger that you're not going to finish.
1: <laughs> well, let me let me say. I mean, and I went ahead and tweeted uh, an article that was written about it on UnrealChicago.com on on, uh, on on Twitter and and Vimeo. But uh, you swept the awards. There were like 14 awards given out, and you took 10 home. So that's impressive. And and uh, I I should say I I. I I enjoyed the special effects that you had, special effects uh, that looked good um, uh, that you made overnight. So that's very, that's very cool, really, really uh, fascinating and really nicely done. Uh, to, to compress time like that is um, you know, is an amazing thing, and, and to put out something that is enjoyable and watchable. So very cool, kudos, kudos.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, I was surprised to win so many awards, frankly. There were a lot of really good films this year. Um, but it was fun. <laughs> I mean, the award ceremony, it, it got to be almost silly. Like, We just kept walking up on stage. And, you know, I, I said my speech the first time because I figured that was it. And then we went up, I don't know, three or four more times. They grouped some awards together. But it was really fun. It was a really amazing experience. Um the festival was run really well this year. Uh, Lime Green Productions is a production company here in town. They took over the festival and did a fantastic job with it. Um, but I thought the competition was stiff. I was really impressed with a lot of the films this year. And it is a challenge. I mean, coming up with a good story and making something watchable in two days, is it's really hard.
1: Right, right. All right absolutely. Uh, well, again, more power to you. And and, and listeners can go check it out. Um, there, I tweeted it, but let me say that there's a, uh, we'll do, can I do the Vimeo? I can do that. I can, I can read that off. And um, there's a Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com, slash 14566176, or Vimeo.com, 14566176 will take you to uh, Mitch's uh, winning 48 hour film challenge. Uh, very cool. Uh, and go and, and check that out. Um, I wanted to ask you, you are uh, also, uh, are you, you're nearing completion on a short film that you, you wrote and directed last winter, is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's right. Um short film called Lighter Lightness, which we're taking much longer than 48 hours to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you also worked with a couple of uh, Rex Seig's Movie Beat Friends, too, on that Uh uh, Larry Lundy did the art direction PPIG is the cinematographer. He shot that for you um, um, so tell so tell us about this project yeah, that
0: was a wonderful experience working with Larry and Pete on this project, and really everybody that uh came along. This was a labor of love for a lot of folks um, I had been you know so i was I wrote the script in October of last year and worked with some really great People, Um, I have a friend who works out in Hollywood, uh, who, you know, she works on uh, a couple of different comedy shows. And I sent the script out to her and got some great notes back. And and so we had this little little film, this little short, you know, 10-page script um, about a guy who gets kicked out of his marriage, and he goes over to his friend's house, you know, for support. In the middle of the night and when he gets there his friend won't let him in (laughs) and eventually we find out why it's because he's in there and he's got this crazy magical spell that he's working on with this girl from his office Um, it's totally PG by the way just putting that out there but the spell allows you to uh, cast light it feeds off of you know human emotions so if you're feeling you know bad and then you start feeling good you get this uh, effect mm-hmm. and our guy tries to learn the spell so that he can maybe use it to get his wife back and eventually uh, you know they they get everybody together up on the rooftop of a building and the film ends with all four of these people you know he he, he does get the girl back by the way uh, not the way that you would think though but it ends with all four of them hurling beams of light uh, at the skyline of Chicago, um, painting, you know, playing them, um, playing the buildings almost like they're a xylophone. It's a little hard to describe, um, but it's a it's a sweet, short little love story that that is highly effects uh, heavy.
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh, so let, let's talk a little bit about that. The, the effects. How do you how do you how do you? I mean, is this part of uh, Resolution Digital Studios where where you do effects and you've got effects people handy or um, it is.
0: Uh, we do actually do a, f- a fair amount of motion graphics and visual effects. Um, I actually collaborated with an old friend of mine uh, named John Michaels who has a shop called Protoculture here in town. And he has a whole team of guys, um, you know, men and women who are really talented graphic artists and they're exceptionally good at 3D motion tracking and compositing and all the types of visual effects that this movie requires and you know john and i worked together on various different things over the years and i took him out to lunch last fall and i said hey you want to make a movie and he said yeah let's make some light it'll be cool so uh the whole you know the whole community kind of came together on this i mean pete came in and he was excited about it and Larry was really excited about it and actually used some of uh, what he did in one of the classes that he was teaching at Columbia Um, you know we worked with Fletcher Chicago gave us a great deal on uh, an airy camera so you know this is like a full-up production I think if I figured out a budget on it including the effects it would easily be a $200,000 short film but Wow Everybody just kind of came together, and, you know, I got fantastic actors, and we spent three days shooting between uh, Christmas and New Year's last December, um, because, you know, nobody's working anyway, so <laughs> it seemed like a good time to get volunteers together,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, it's been in post ever since.
1: <laughs> wow. We, we
0: actually had the rough cut done by the end of January. Or I'm sorry, the fine cut done by the end of January, and we had a rough sound mix going. Um, but the you know it's 116 shots in the film, and like 76 of them are all effects shots. Um, so it's taken quite a while to get it done. It takes a while, but, yeah. But it looks really good. I think it's going to be a, a, a successful film.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Uh, from uh, what will you do with it when you, when you're done with it? Are you plan to enter it in festivals or? Yeah, or? I
0: think it's a, it'll be a fun festival piece. I've um, you know it'll be a, a sales and marketing tool for every single person who worked on it. I mean, I think everybody really put their all into this. So the idea is to have it out there and you know let people use it for promotion. I mean, Larry just did an Correct. excellent job on the sets. They it just it looks like this crazy mystical deadbeat guy's apartment. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it'll, it, but it'll be fun to take around to festivals and, and get it out there and uh, see what happens.
1: Very cool. I have a question from the chat room. Dubolis1 asks, um, and this, I guess about any of the projects, uh, did you ever encounter any location difficulties or have trouble securing locations or, or any location stories you can share?
0: Well, um you know for mole man they the interior of the apartment they actually built down in the barns that are the haunted house at statesville uh so they had total control over that um, the exteriors and you know some of the stuff that they were doing they were down uh on the south side of Chicago actually uh and they talked with this uh you know the owners of this church. Uh, about, you know, using the building and and working out of the sanctuary, you know, during the week. Uh, And the church was absolutely wonderful. They gave them, you know, access and all that stuff. But the basement of this church that they shot in, you know, they needed a scary basement. But this basement was horrifying to them. (laughs) There was apparently, like... There was fuel, you know, gasoline that had been buried in containers down there. It was a dirt floor. It was this, you know, it was a perfect location. They were just, the the crew was terrified to work down there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Very dank and dark. Um, As far as, you know, uh, lighter lightness, we actually shot all of that here at the studio. You know, built sets where we needed them. Uh, So... No location problems there uh as far as that goes, and with the forty eight you know you're moving so fast um, that really you, you don't end up having problems I mean we were shooting in an alley we were shooting you know in public spaces and stuff, but we were really lucky to have a lot of the locations lined up ahead of time, uh which is what I would always. Recommend, You know, with the 48-hour film festival, you have to come up with the idea, and you have to actually do all the production within 48 hours. But you can absolutely line up locations and crew uh, ahead of time. And, you know, you have to do that or else you just getting shut down is a major problem.
1: Well, yeah, I, 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 um, I don't know how to quite phrase this. You know, a lot of people just steal locations. They steal shots, you know, I mean, because... They do, I mean, but there are, you know, certain buildings. I mean, you can shoot a skyline, but, you know, if you feature a certain building, then then you may be, you know, looking at uh, the need of a permit or a release, especially if it's a feature film, you know, where uh distributor is going to come along and go, okay, well, let's see all your re- location releases and, you know, and request error and omission insurance and all that and all that kind of stuff. But, but you know, in, in the case of, I think, the 48-hour film shoot, uh, you know, I mean, Obviously, you have to steal your shots, you know, <laughs> you can't go out yeah. and hear these things. Um, but but in, in the case of a feature or even in the case of a short for most people, I mean, you know, especially if it if it's going to become uh, notable in any way, shape, or form, um, you know, you're probably wisest to, to make sure that everything is secured and, and, and follows suit. I want to ask you, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to not, if, if you want to comment on that, you certainly can't. Um, But I wanted to ask you. I wanted to go back to Moleman. The inclusion of Tim and Robert, I I imagine, made it a SAG movie, or were there? Can you discuss how the contracts uh, worked, or whether it was going to be SAG anyway, or non-SAG, or or favorite nations? I mean, I, I, you know.
0: Oh, it's a SAG film, absolutely. I mean, uh, Dave Pasquazi has been in a number of features. T.J. Jagodowski is a SAG guy. Mike uh, Bradich, you know he he plays one of the brothers. He's actually uh, a really successful working actor. Right now, he's the guy uh, on the post office campaign. If it fits, it ships.
1: Well,
0: that's that's Mike. Huh? Well, and John, I believe, is SAG. So it, it's definitely a SAG film. Uh, SAG has made it a lot easier uh, on independent filmmakers to uh, register and to play ball. Uh, the SAG Indie. Uh, group they they have their own contract and you know they they're trying to get people to work so uh you know as long as you get your paperwork settled ahead of time you know you negotiate your rates with your actors just like you normally would um i mean yeah you have to pay them something but the sag indie contract is pretty flexible about you know what the floor is and and you know they've done a lot to try to encourage filmmakers to to do it right
1: well i it's amazing because i i encounter people all the time you know who will say oh yeah no problem i loved working with sag it wasn't an issue you know we had to make sure that our ducks were in a row i mean you know that kind of thing because you know there are requirements and i i love the screen actors guild as an actor in the screen actors guild i love the screen actors guild because they look out for you when you're working they don't get you any work but but if you're working (laughs) I mean, you know it's a guild they're not they're not uh, you know an employment agency so so but you know if if you're working something and there is a problem uh, you know the, a sag rep can be on the shoot which you know and and make sure that your needs are taken care of and it's nice to have someone look out for you uh, but but Having said that, the day of non-union has changed from the days when I did non-union back in the 60s and 70s where you had to worry about unscrupulous filmmakers never paying you and, you know, that kind of, and being off somewhere and not getting fed. And, you know, today a non-union movie has, has, uh, for the most part, you know, are much more reputable than, than, than I think what we were all frightened with in the 70s, you know. so
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think there's a, a common courtesy, you know, and, and, you know, it's business practices. You know, you, you just can't abuse people anymore <laughs> the way you used to. <laughs> all, I mean, frankly, all it takes is one person posting on their Facebook that you're a jerk, and word, word spreads pretty quickly. And, you know, if, if you're working with somebody who is sort of fly-by-night, you know, maybe, you know, here one day, gone the next, you know, there, you're potentially you could be abused in one one way or another. But if you're working with anybody reputable, I mean, most of the people I know in the industry in this region are here because they like living here and they like working here. And right. you, you just can't continue to work if you develop a bad reputation. So whether it's union or non-union, it's in everybody's best interest just to, you know, practice decent
1: business practices. Uh, very well put uh, and, and and very... You know, appropriate because um, I don't. I mean, I, you know, the number of productions that I see or have been a part of, I don't think anyone has has. I mean, in in the past 20 years, I has ever tried to intentionally, you know, abuse or mistreat anyone. And and I've been on plenty of union shoots in my day where they've asked us, you know, do you mind, you know, blowing through lunch here without, you know, turning us over to sag or, or you know, we're going to go into golden time. Can we can we, you know, have you waive that? And I mean, you know, because things happen, and and certainly it's up to every actor to decide whether or not they're going to waive something or or whatever. But but I think for the most part, everybody, if you love making movies and you're and you're making movies, you know. Um, you're trying to work with people who are all doing it, and you encounter situations that, that come up that you couldn't have anticipated, and whether it's union or non-union. Um, but uh, so, so it, was, it was a positive. I, I don't mean to make it sound like it may not have been, but it was a positive experience working with SAG. I mean, I talked to some producers who were going, I can't, you know, I can't even make my movie if I go SAG because SAG won't cut me any slack. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like the Screen Actors Guild I know right now because they're really trying to get work.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, I would imagine with any union, you know, you can run into, you know, interference one way or another. But generally speaking, I mean, you know, even for the 48-hour film festival, we used SAG Talent. And, you know, yeah, and and we made it, they made it so easy. I mean, they had a little extra paperwork. (laughs) Our binder was rather thick.
1: But you did it in advance? I mean, you had to say, "Here's my people for the 48-hour when it comes up."
0: We, we. Well, I wasn't really sure who exactly we were going to have, uh, up, you know, until right, right during the, the festival. So we actually filled out our paperwork, you know, on on Sunday as we were finishing up the film. You know, we got all the actors to sign the necessary paperwork while they were here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. A piece of, I mean, I, they actually, they changed their, their rules slightly for the 48-hour film festival to, you know, to remove any barriers. Um, because I think they recognize that the exposure that you can get from, you know, even that silly of a competition can be pretty significant. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, I talked to this uh, representative on Monday and she's like, yeah, you're fine. Everything's fine. It's all good.
1: Wow. So yeah. I've had
0: nothing but good experiences so far.
1: Well, that's very cool. That's good to hear. Um I see somebody in the chat room goes. Unions create nothing but problems. Um, and <laughs> I know. I mean, I know. I understand that feeling. I, you know, and uh, and and some people have had uh, horrible, horrible problems with uh, unions, but uh, others others have not. I mean, so you know, I'm glad that we're able to discuss this now. The the but the thing about the 48-hour film challenge in SAG is that it's it's not something that they're likely to be paid for.
0: Well, no. The so, rule—the rule of the forty-eight is that nobody gets paid. They, so, it I can't. Mean, it has to paid. be purely amateur. Right. Um, so yeah, they have bent the rules to allow uh, SAG people to work uncompensated in that in that contest. So I don't. You know. The, <laughs> the comment union to cause nothing but problems.
1: I mean, we, <laughs> well,
0: we've I've, all we've all had problems with with unions at some point sure. or another. You know, and there's certainly. Anytime you have uh, organized labor, um, there are people who may choose to abuse the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, you know, but that's that's sort of human nature. I mean, any, any group like that that has a certain set of rules, people are going to try to game the system in whatever, whatever way they can. Um, so I don't know.
1: I, I, How about... I, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say I don't necessarily... Disagree that unions can cause problems, but i wouldn 't say that they cause nothing but problems
1: well and, and and it's the person makes the point they say they drive up the cost of everything on films on merchandising, even industry and and i, I can 't really argue with that, um, but hopefully hopefully I, I think the goal of a union besides securing in some cases securing work for or making sure that their members are paid. When, I think when the and I don't want to turn this into a whole political thing, but when, I think when the needs of the union supersede the needs of the members of the union, you have an issue. But um, but for the most part, uh, hopefully the people who are members have been qualified in some form. Uh, Vampire Mod makes the point that you know if you want quality acting, you deal with SAG. You know that's just the way you go. And um, and and I say for the most part, that's a fairly accurate statement. And it's not that a SAG actor can't suck. Cause there are plenty who do, but uh, hopefully they've had more professional experience. And I guess the thing that drives me crazy that I talk about more than anything else is when I see an advertisement for something, especially actors, uh, being an actor myself, when it says, no experience necessary. You know, <laughs> just show up and uh, and uh, we'll put you to work kind of thing. And I've seen that for writers and directors and for gaffers and for camera. but you know, we don't need any experience. I'm like, well.
0: Well, that just, just means they don't more want
1: to... <laughs> it, it
0: just means they don't want to pay for somebody that has experience. I mean having worked, you know, as a director with both union and non-union crews and actors, you know, there are you know, there are some cost savings associated with going non-union and with non-professional talent. There are also costs associated with that in the form of you know, maybe you have to do more takes, maybe you don't quite get the end product that you want. You know, you have to make some compromises if you have you know slightly less than a uh, professional crew and talent like i mean you can do it either way and if certain jobs it doesn't matter as much but at a certain point i mean you just it it really pays to work with
1: professionals well, right, and 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 uh, I, I think you I could have been said better. There are costs associated with which with with which whether <laughs> I can't say it with whichever way you choose to go, uh, you'll you'll encounter issues and uh, and uh, and problems. So somebody asked though so they asked which SAG contract did you use for Mole Man?
0: Um, it was, you know what I don't actually have that right in front of me. I know that they. Worked with with the SAG Indie Group, um, but actually Mike and John brokered all those deals directly.
1: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, we've got, you know, maybe eight or nine minutes on the outside remaining, and, uh, I've enjoyed this discussion very much. I want to have you come back, and, uh, because you, and I, and I don't, I don't mean to discuss it now, but I mean, you direct a lot of commercial, and commercial products in the Chicago area and elsewhere, and I want to come back and talk about, uh, the business of commercial, filmmaking commercials, and, uh, and have you discuss that, and, uh, and we were talking about it a little bit before the show, too, you know, in terms of Um, uh, the the workers on commercials versus films and stuff. So I'd love to have you back for another show regarding that.
0: Uh, That'd be great.
1: And we'll let the listeners know when that is going to occur. Um, But uh, in the meantime, I I, uh, wanted to ask you, um, which for you... um, First off, is is most rewarding. I mean, you're doing short film projects and and feature film projects and commercials. What what, what trips your trigger? What do you really like to do?
0: Um, man, I kind of love it all. I, I I really, for me, there's not much that beats a good day of directing and then putting together a good story. Um, you know, so lighter lightness is kind of a baby of mine. It's just been a mind-blowingly wonderful experience to watch that thing come together. Um, But, yeah, man, I get off on production. I like being out there, like getting behind the camera and figuring out what the lenses are, figuring out what the shot is, you know, figuring out what emotion needs to shift from the beginning to the end of the scene and from the beginning to the end of each shot. Like, it's just, it's a a blast for me. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean... A bad day of production is better than a good day doing almost anything else, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Cool. And and in the next, let's say, five minutes, any particular advice or suggestions or tips um, or what you've learned over the years, what to do right, what not to do, you know, for other filmmakers who are embarking on this or uh, even for seasoned filmmakers, stuff that you may have encountered or a story or something that uh, you encountered that uh, – you know, challenge you in some way
0: um well i would say you know the most important thing is you know never give up and I, I guess that's kind of a pretty banal thing but i i made a short film a number of years ago called bubble quandary it was a sci-fi film i made it with this guy joel watson um, and it was pretty successful we got some play festivals all over the place we had um you know, kind of a a, a run at the science fiction convention in Massachusetts. It was cool. You know, it was a fun little piece, Um, and we were actually getting a distribution deal put together. And then uh, my filmmaking partner um, got involved with uh, some people out west, and they effectively killed the short. (laughs) Uh -uh. I don't know exactly what happened, but... um, at a certain point, the film was, you know, no longer mine and no longer his, and it was, it was gone, and that was really depressing because it was such a wonderful ride uh, up until that point, and it basically caused me to stop even thinking about making films for a couple of years, which was a real shame. Um, but it just it left such a that whole experience was such a bad taste in my mouth that you know I, I got away from it for a while, and I you know it allowed me to focus on you know, my professional career and all that stuff. But uh, what I would say is no matter what happens, you're gonna, people are going to try to take away stuff from you. They're going to make it hard. You're going to come into obstacles. You know you, you know, you never have enough money, you know, to do this stuff. But I would say you just turn whatever sort of pain and suffering you have into creative inspiration any way you can and, you know, just keep making movies.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Well, hey, Mitch, you know, uh, the uh, what's happening in the future is the question I want to ask. And I have one other question, too. Well, let me ask you the other question first. You know, we, we were talking about SAG. Did you, did you, have you ever used uh, Union Crew? Have you ever go IOTSI or NABIT or for any of the projects?
0: Um, for the, well, yeah, I mean,
1: flat fee or otherwise
0: I mean you know you know, in other words, yeah good. absolutely I mean you know Pete shot lightness he's a he's a union guy um you know he he did it for on a volunteer basis um, mm-hmm. but the almost the whole crew there was union but you know a lot of the commercial stuff we do has to be union uh so yeah we work with you know A-list crews uh union uh, all all the time um you know a lot of 1220 guys uh 600 guys for, you know, DP's and you know, just who whoever whoever we need for the for the job. Very cool.
1: And so what does the near upcoming future hold? You got anything uh I know that you're uh, you're actively working the distribution side of of uh, Molman of Belmont Avenue. Uh you're in post uh on the short the uh 48 hour is is Going to go through its its cycle <laughs> right. with the with the festi- with that particular festival. Uh, what's up uh, for the future for you?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, in addition to you know trying to sell Mole Man and seeing where these other short films go, we're you know working on the next thing. We're we're um, putting together scripts and ideas and and kind of trying to decide you know how we're going to spend the slow time of this winter. You know, it seems like December. You know, around holiday time, professional stuff slows down. So, we're going to be putting together some kind of a project uh, for that time. We always do a holiday video, so that that's probably the next thing. <laughs> oh, very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're actually pretty busy here at the studio right now. Um, so we're just going to kind of keep on doing what we're doing.
1: Awesome. Now, somebody also just posted in the chat room uh, the YouTube. Uh, you have a, a a trailer for Mole Man and Belmont Avenue at YouTube and uh, Mole Man has a, Mole Man Movies channel is there on YouTube as well so people can go <coughs> excuse me go take a look at that uh, Mitch uh, we are we are now, right now out of time I appreciate this so much I appreciate you being here I do want to have you back we'll talk about com- making commercials and filmmaking or I mean commercial filmmaking in that regard uh, best of luck with everything Congratulations on the 48-hour uh, Good luck on, on both of the other projects One, in getting it done Two, in, in securing distribution did you, uh, was, um, did you have Mo Man in a festival yet?
0: No, we just, uh, <coughs> we, we just made the the deadline for Sundance Sorry. Um, Oh, so wow They have a midnight uh, Sundance midnight uh, night And we're hoping that we get in there uh, But we'll, we'll be sending it out to other festivals as well
1: more power to you I sure appreciate you being here Um, any other website that we should know about uh, either for the studio or for you that uh, we haven't um, tried to mention here yet Uh,
0: well the studio website is uh, simply rdschicago.com
1: Okay. Um, and you can
0: take a look at uh, you know we have a little video about the studio itself we have uh, you know information about everyone who works here and all the types of stuff that we do.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much for being here. Thanks so Thank much you, for Rex. sharing information. This is information.
0: Really, this has really been enjoyable.
1: All <laughs> right. So well, much. cool. I will be talking to you in a few minutes. Uh, but uh, for now, we're going to have to say goodbye. Have a great rest of the week. And, uh, and again, we'll have Mitch back uh, sometime soon. So stay tuned. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Rex. All right. Bye now. Uh, again, that was my, uh, that was Mitch Apley, my guest from uh, Resolution Digital Studios in the Chicago area, and uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening today to Mitch. Uh, please go ahead, spread the word, uh, tweet, Facebook, MySpace, email, phone call about my guests. I have a second show coming up today, so uh, be sure to uh, to notice that at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. California time, I have Douglas Day Stewart returning. He's a screenwriter. Of Officer and a Gentleman, Boy in a Plastic Bubble, Blue Lagoon, Thief of Hearts, which he also directed at others. He directs and he um, he has done two interviews with me before on screenwriting. Today he's going to do kind of a screenwriting tutorial. He's in the process of training someone to become a, a screenwriter. They're both going to join us later, so if you're into screenwriting, filmmaking of any kind, I'll be sure to tune in for Doug at uh, uh same place same time and let others know about it in the meantime we have a few hours before that occurs I want to thank all of you for uh, being here for being in the chat room and supporting us in the way that you do again thanks to Mitch Apley for being here got many more exciting guests coming up in the near future so be sure to stay tuned and be sure to keep sharing this website these interviews with all your friends and your contacts you can become a member or you can you know join the Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends at Facebook uh, by going into Facebook and searching for Rex Sykes Movie Friends. My profile is Rex Sykes at Facebook, and my Twitter address is Rex Sykes Movie BT, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S-M-O-V-I-E-B-T. Uh, please follow, and uh, I appreciate that when you do, and I'll follow you. And uh, with the regard to Twitter, I try and anybody that retweets me, I try and retweet them. I try and make sure that uh, everything is reciprocal. If I follow you, I hope you follow me, and you follow me, I follow you, uh, because that's the way we spread goodwill. All right, everybody, thanks so much. Have a fabulous day. Make your movies. Complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.